0: It's so good to be breathing. You know, sometimes we say it's good to be alive, but you know that means we're breathing. But we breathe because how did it all start? It started because there was a there was a human form, and it says God breathed. Have we ever stopped to think that every breath is another gift from God? Without that gift from God, that breath, we're just a cadaver. Now, if you don't know what that word it means, neither do I, but it sounds right. We're, we're just life without nothing. Just dead. But I'm alive. I'm alive because God breathes in me. You know, so many things. times we think that we... Originated the breath. No. We have no hold on life. Every breath is God breathes on us. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) You've got to excuse me. I I, I was preaching in in Auckland on Friday, and they let me preach on joy. (laughs) So... I'm not going to speak about joy today. I'm going to talk about gladness. (laughs) So anyway, we're just going to pull up the PowerPoint before technology robbed us of all the thrills of life. And if you want to go to sleep, go right ahead. We'll, We'll still just have a good time. And uh, the story starts with the reality of just carrying on. I started last week about lessons from David. And we talked about how David, with everything that went on, was focused on praising the Lord. I'll just talk to church this side. He was focused on praising the Lord. Yeah. And it didn't matter whether someone threw a spear at him. It didn't matter whether Goliath, who was like twice as big as him, comes along. And he goes, he waggles his finger up in Goliath's face. How dare you defy my God? I'm looking for the day when Christians in their workplace and at schools and universities, when someone swears or or derides God. How dare you do that to my God? It was so much fun doing that when I was in the factory. How dare you swear using the name of my Jesus? Oh, so good. I said, well, that's a bit, you know, like, in your face. I says, what do you think swearing is? (laughs) Oh, it was also so good to be in management meetings and people start swearing. And you say, excuse me, I've never sworn at you. What gave you the right to swear at me? And the boss would stop and say, yeah, and hold me back and say, Seth, you're always going to win that argument. I have no problem with winning. <laughs> because, you see, you and I were born winners. I just want to say this in the context of what we're going to talk about, David. We were born winners. Now, if, now is my mum there? Yes, she is. She, she, she usually goes about red about this stage. But we've got to understand, when life's going on, we were born winners. Science taught me that. Because this is what they taught me in science, that there was a young lady and a young man, and they got that little twinkle in their eye. This is life lessons number one. And suddenly the twinkle gets a bit more, and suddenly things happen, and a lady's there, and she's got an egg that's desperately waiting for something. And the man, he lets go of a whole bunch of sperm things, and one of them wins the race. That was me. <laughs> I was born a winner. <laughs> because one of them won the race, and here I am. <laughs> we were born, we started as Winners. Don't let the devil, don't let religion, don't let the thinking of this world take it away from you, that you were created in the image of God. You were born a winner, and therefore we can praise his name, and therefore we can give him glory. Therefore we can exalt him, because he's the author of life. So I'm going to talk about a man who had lots of stuff against him. His name was David, and, and, and David, he, he was out in the fields, and... Uh, he was there, and, and he had a few sheepy things, and, uh, and, 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 and there's just a few of them, and, and, and he was there. But in the midst of sheep, and, and oh, by the way, a, a lion came and a bear came, and he goes, oh, man, I just feel like a bit of roast bear, and, and, uh, and, and, and just different things happened, you know. But what did he do in the midst of here? Because by the way, the family home was away over here. So this young man who was just told, you go look after the sheep. We're going to have it nice. He's out there. But he learned to praise the Lord. He learned to praise the Lord when circumstances were not always good, when circumstances, in fact, were very opposite to being conducive. He praised the Lord. And there's a lesson that I want you to learn Basically, there's going to be four things you'll, you'll learn today. So he's busy just praising the Lord. But back here at home, there's dad. But along one day comes a prophet. And he's like, hmm. And of course, dad comes out the house and goes, what? What? The prophet, what's that in your hand? Oh, that's a a horn of oil. Oh, really? But they knew what that meant. Something's up. And then the prophet Samuel says to Jesse, "Uh, I've come to anoint one of your sons. I've come to anoint him because God is going to raise him up to be king. The boys are at the back. I mean, because all boys are nosy. It's the first law of intelligence, and, and 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 so, boys, and out come the seven boys. Oh, they're good, and they're all the prophets come to town, and they're all pushing, trying to get there to be the first one, and the, and and they're all there, and it's like, whoa, come on, and and of course, some of them they 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 did their hair that wasn't for me. So you see, I'm the one with the turban on, and so. The reality is they all prepared themselves because it's like the prophet has come and one of us, may it be me, is going to do well. The prophet, of course, comes along and goes, "Mm. Mm." What do you think it was like for the one who was like, I'm the one. And the prophet goes, He wasn't very pastoral. He didn't come along and go, oh, I'm sorry about this, buddy, but not today. I mean, there are so many times people miss out on the fire of the call of God because they they, they think you've got to be all sort of nice. No, the prophet just said, no, 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 no. Okay, Jesse, what's the story? I know I heard from God. Where's the other one? We know the story. I'm not and they go, oh, you're talking about David? And so dad says to one of them, Oi, that's ancient Hebrew for you. Oi, go and get David. I'm not going to go and get that little rat back. I don't want him to be anointed. You see, there's many times that humans, when God says to do something to encourage someone else, they go, I don't want to do that. I want the blessing myself. But there is a blessing that only comes by serving others. There's a blessing that only comes by putting yourself at the back of the queue and encouraging someone else. And so eventually, someone goes and gets David. And we don't read about what happens to the sheep. I'll tell you what happened to the sheep later. So David comes, and he's there. And they said, oh, we'd better spruce you up a bit. Because, you know, the prophets come to town, got the holy look. So he comes, and he's there. And the prophet says, right here, boys, we're ready to go. And he tips out the whole oil. He didn't do the whole, you know, like sometimes when people have said to me, you know, we're going to anoint, and and they go, well, what do you want me to do? Because do you, you know, we, we're we very good at doing the dab. And so do you want me to do like the sign of the cross or The fish. I says, no, just tip the whole lot. And they look at you like, because religion has focused us towards a dab is good enough. But here's Samuel, and he goes, you can have them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm going to drink on the job this morning. (laughs) So anyway, that's it. So these guys are now told that the person they ignored, by the way, Guess what happened to the sheep? Well, they used to follow in David, so they, they decided to come as well. They, they wanted to see the fun. When, when I worked on the farm, we, we had raised a, a pet lamb and somehow got the name Mary. and uh, And so anyway... Mary grew up as a Perindale, and, and she was a perfect specimen of a Perindale ewe. And, and she gets on the farm, and you go through, you, you measure the age of sheep by how many teeth they've got. And so she gets there, and she goes out in the farm. And, and even when she became a two tooth, and then a four tooth, and then a five tooth, if I went out on the farm and just called out, Mary, she could be way up on the hills. Suddenly there'd be this, bah! and down she'd come running for me to scratch her head. And the next minute, all the sheep would come in. It was so good. Easiest way saves me walking up the hill. The sheep came running because what did David say? He knew his sheep. How many know that uh, the Lord calls our name and we're supposed to come running? I I just talked to church on this side this time. The Lord calls our name because the Bible says He knows our name. And when when He calls, we're supposed to go, yes! (laughs) Don't don't get too excited today. But the lesson from this is this private praise brought public recognition. He didn't just suddenly get anointed. What he did in the secret place brought the reward openly. That's why Jesus, when he was giving teaching, said, when you're doing something, go, because your Father which sees in secret will bring open reward. There is a lesson from David which we can all do. So many times we, we, we forget that private praise is going to unlock public blessing. And people sometimes say to me, why did things happen? Because I'm just telling the story of this church. We had this sense remember, we were in the old Whitey Crescent building, but at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'd get up just in my dressing gown. I'd go over to church. And I'd go up and down the rows in, in the church. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do in this place. But so, and, and if you looked on the outside, it wasn't as if much was happening. But I could see stuff. I could see it. And that's what David was like. He could see the goodness of God. He could see that you prepared for me a table in the midst of my enemies. And I'm going to praise the Lord. And he learned that it came about that private praise brought public blessing. And so anyway, that was then. We'll just get rid of those brothers. They, They weren't even very good soldiers. So we'll get rid of them. Time goes on, David becomes king, and he has, we'll just leave the sheep there for now, and he he conquers a little town called Jerusalem, and he has a house right next door to it, nice house, but he's got this thing inside him because a few years before, the Israelites had been in battle with the Philistines, and they'd lost the ark, and and then this story goes on of how the Philistines said, let's get rid of this. I talked about that last week. And so David gets this idea in his noggin that I want to bring the presence of the Lord into the city. And so we read how he prepared a big tent Because he, he wasn't allowed to build the temple. So he had the big tent. And he, just outside his house there. And he's like, ah, oh, how are we going to do? And, and, and the sheep were just roaming around that house. And he goes, I know what it is. And he consulted and they went, oh, yeah, we know how to do it. And so they went and got a good BMW cart. And and for those of you that are older, you understand how cars used to be measured by horsepower. Well, this case, it was a two-bullet car. And so they got the bullet lined up. And they said, now it's ready for the ark. And so they put the ark on. Oh, yeah, all ready to go. And along they come, down the road. The king, he's all there. Oh, we're going to put the ark in my... And he has some really good people. And they're there. Yeah, we're we're coming to bring the ark along. But we read the story is, it hit a little pothole, something happened. And the man who was looking after the cart... Suddenly puts his hand out and he's dead. You see, doing things things man's way will always bring death. And that's what they were trying to do. David goes, this isn't working. And he sees there's a man there and he goes, oi, again, hello, anyone home? And they go, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just lost the man. <laughs> but I'll find him very quick. Yes. Um, I want to leave the box at your house. He says, "Oh, okay." So somehow, the men, they carry it on their shoulders. And they stick it in the house. And they go, thank goodness we're still alive. And time goes on. And some amazing things happen. And Abimelech, oh no, Obed-Edom, he would come out, and there's sheep. And then... There's more sheep. And now there's cows. The empty cart is just sitting there as a reminder of don't do it the religious way. It, it doesn't work very well. And David is back up in his house and he's going, somehow I've got to get that box from here to the tent. And he remembers, "Forget the cart. So they forgot the cart. It's done. Get some priests. This is where we need some volunteers. So everyone who's never had a flanograph before, we can we' can, no, no. So they, they, they got some priests, just a few of them. And, 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 and David is there and he gets. A priest and a good-looking priest and another good-looking priest. And, uh, and he says, okay, boys, forget the fancy clothes. <coughs> Fellas, we're heading that way. And they got the ark out of the house and they put it on their shoulders Because the presence of the Lord is always to be carried by humans. When you go to work, you carry the presence of the Lord. When you go to university, you carry the presence of the Lord. When you go anywhere, do you understand that you are mandated to carry the presence of the Lord? So here they were, and they're going, and they're just getting started. They're just Because it's pretty heavy, because it was all covered in gold. And it had some cherubims, and it's all, that's why it's got a funny shape. And, and it's all there. And David suddenly says, whoa, stop the train. It's time to light a fire. Ha. And you wondered, what happened to the sheep? <laughs> because... God gives us blessings so we can give him offerings. Hello? Yeah. yeah. And so they're just getting started. So that one's doing a nice roast job. We don't know who's going to eat that. And they're just getting started, and it's all getting a bit messy because, you know what? It stinks. You know, burnt animals really smell. If you've never done it, it stinks. And suddenly David goes, Oi, stop. Because that one's just disappeared. It's time for another fire. I'm so glad it wasn't a very big fire, so we have to get a bigger one. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't enough. But it's time for another one. And it'd be very easy to say, Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna lose my sheep. But when you offer to God, you lose nothing. I've told the story. This is a story from the Philippines. It happened. And Rochelle had been on the ship and I wasn't going to see her. I hadn't I was going to see her. I hadn't seen her for I think a couple of years at that stage. And she was a few hours in the bus. And, and, and I'm not being rude because there's a lot of Filipinos here, but dr- driving on, riding on a Filipino bus is really good for your prayer life. <laughs> you wonder why they inspect the horn first because it's, it's necessary. And so anyway, I'm sitting there. So I went to the ATM and got out a whole lot of notes to give us some, some money. And, and so I had a whole lot of... F- 1,000 peso notes in my wallet, this wallet. Some of you heard the story, but it's a God story, and I'm going to tell it again, because it's the principle of what David is giving us. And so it was full of 1,000 peso notes. And I was in the middle of preaching, and I just had one of those impulses, which has happened many many times. And I said, get out your wallet, get out your purse, I mean, for a man to find his wallet, for a lady, it's a mystery tour down into the purse. And so, I mean, come on, guys. How many of you know when they said, get it out of my bag, that's a mystery tour. And so anyway, and then I said, I'm going to open it too. And I opened it up and here sitting right at the front is a 500 peso note. I knew it wasn't there just before church because I'd just gone to the ATM just across the road to get the, the money. I knew exactly what was there. I gave it away to a, a little child. She burst into tears. The, the mother who was a widow burst into tears because it, had just, it was so much for their circumstances. So I start praying for people and suddenly it was like I felt something in my hand. What was that? It was a what? open it up. Here's 2,000 pesos. I give it away to... A missionary or a pastor's wife or something. I carry on. I go to, I think it was my pocket, but get my handkerchief because it's it's really warm. And what, Well, what's that? Out comes five thousand pesos. I was like yes, gave that away. And guess what? I'd lost nothing. I had lost not one peso. And then we get, and just getting to the finish. And what's that? And here's a wad. 10,000 pesos in my pocket. Wow. I give that away. And I've lost nothing. Because when you give to the Lord, you lose nothing. When you give to the Lord, when you give your life to the Lord, you don't lose anything. You get life and life eternal. You get hope, you get future, you get joy. When you give yourself to God, and that's what David was doing. He was giving himself to God. He was giving the flocks that God had blessed over at Eden with. He was giving his own flocks. And David said, I will give to the Lord nothing that doesn't cost me something. And so they get there, and of course by this stage, They get another fire going, and they find another sheep. I have no idea how many thousands of sheep got killed. But every six meters, they stopped and did it again. So they started, and this would be the first fire and sacrifice. One, two, three, four, five, six, it says six paces. Another fire, another sacrifice. Six or seven, whatever. <laughs> I'm not very good at counting. I learned counting in the headmaster's office. Because that's when we learned to count to six. Some of you have a generation who know that six of the best was what was promised to mischievous boys. You held your hand out and they gave you six of the best. I believed that I should only get five and I should share the sixth with the teacher. So you'd be standing there and the leather strap would come down, bang, bang. They'd get into a rhythm, they were really good at it. And on, as I was swinging down for number six, pull your hand away really quick and they hit themselves. So much fun. <laughs> six paces. That's David. What is the lesson? Presence brought blessing to Obed-Edom. Because the Bible says that his family flourished, his flocks flourished. He became blessed beyond measure because he put value on the presence of God. The presence of God is not like beasting religion. You get stung by a bee. Oh, God, help me. Don't wait till the bee stings you. Praise the Lord before that. Yeah. Praise the Lord. We learned last week, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord when trouble comes. No, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continu- Ooh, continually be in my mouth. So they get eventually the tent with the presence of God in the tent. And what do we read? We read that the nations around about Israel started to send money, tribute, tithes, blessing because of the presence of God. In the history of this church, There have been anonymous checks come through the mail. There's been things just appear. Why? Because we valued the presence of God. And it just comes. It just comes. When you place value on God more than what you personally can achieve, the blessings came. So... Why did that? By the way, part of the story is, of course, David is not in his king's robe. His wife says, you didn't look very flash. Time to go to farmer's sale, you. I'm very good at prophesying. I will prophesy to you that next Thursday there will be a sale at farmer's. You don't need the anointing to do that. There are some things in life, that's just what happens. The reality is David let go of his human dignity and said, I am going to honor the Lord before everyone. And so what does Scripture say? Those that honor me before everyone people I will honor them before the people and there is something that happens when we forget about ourselves and put the focus on him and God says I can trust them with my presence and the presence brings blessing as Obed-Edom found lessons from David are we doing okay in a few minutes we're going to also We're going to have a fire tunnel soon. And for those of you who don't know what that is, you're about to find out. It's a bit like Selwyn introducing me again on Friday up in Auckland. For those of you who don't know Seth, you're about to find out. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) what is that supposed to mean? He says, they'll find out. But he was prepared this time. Some of you know Pastor Jeff Wicklin. Big man. Well, he was here holding me up here. And there was another pastor holding me up there. The problem was, the time came when they sort of weren't holding me up. They were down on the ground. (laughs) It happens. People say to me, why would God do that? Because he's God. Like, when I was a kid, we had this uh, old clock. And and it was the job every night or whatever, wind the clock up. Uh, How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, God bless your ancient years. Yeah, but you wind the clock up. There are times when we just need to wind our clock up. God's God, he does it his way. So here's David, and he's learning some of God's ways. And so they get there. So time goes on, we can forget all that. Oh, but suddenly... We'll, 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 leave, we'll leave Obed-Edom here with his cows and his flocks because, you see, the more he gave to God, the more he got blessed. It, it, it's just amazing. But David then started an incredible thing. And he put a call out to the nation. He put a call out because there was something inside him about that box in the tent. And he said, we're going to, Come together and we're going to praise the Lord. And so they would all come and the priests would be there and they, they would be, what were they doing? They weren't taking the offering. They were praising the Lord. I'll, I'll tell you what the priests were doing. They were cutting sheep's throats. It's when, it, when we, Later on when we read about Solomon and it says, the priests could not stand to do their function. What was their function? They were... Cutting the throats of 70,000 animals. I'm just saying, how many, how many have been on a farm? Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? Home kill. It's, it's awesome. I love it. I've been so tempted over the years to do it in church a few times. Just, just so that people who have never had that glory... I'm go oh no, no glory can can uh, enjoy but but the priests couldn't stand what were they doing because they were extravagantly sacrificing to God extravagant what do as a lessons from David uh, one of the lessons is extravagant offerings to God and he taught Solomon to do the same and there it is and so David gets his Robes back on and then more people come. And by the way, historians say that there was a fire that you could see. They would come and there was a fire. Oh, let's just get a few more people. Oh, 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 by the way, let's just get a few more people. And this is what we read in Psalm 122. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. Where did that gladness come from? It came because David had taught them to praise. He had taught them that there was a blessing in praise. And so David released costly praise and that released provision, protection, and power. There was something that happened as they said, I was glad, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Now, when I was young, last millennium, we had a, there was a little building on the side of most primary schools in New Zealand. It was a little place, and all the pupils were encouraged to go to this little building. How many know what I'm talking about? You've got the picture? Yeah. It had a special pet name. Could anyone tell me that special pet name? Why was it that it was known everywhere as the murder house? Because there was people doing their best for a generation, but it wasn't always Particularly comfortable. And here was in today's world, if we were to take videos outside churches around the world, I was glad when they said, Let us go (laughs) to the house of the Lord. And then they get to the door. I'm just telling you what happens in other, church, in other countries because you, you, you may not know. But this is what happens when they hit them. And suddenly they get the Sunday smile. Hello. <laughs> uh, oh, hello. How are you? I'm fine. Didn't she do a great job? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said to her, get up there and enjoy yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. But there is something else. When we go, before we even, all week we're going, oh I'm glad because they've said let's go to the house of the Lord. I love the aspect that there is, there's an anointing of gladness that God wants to put upon us. What for? So that we are going to engage in corporate worship because corporate praise and corporate worship releases blessings that private worship never will. David knew what private blessings were. He knew how to conquer a bear. He knew how to conquer a lion. But when he invoked a nation into corporate worship, then suddenly he was able to be the overlord to nations he'd never fought. He was there. And what does the Bible say? That he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. Because there are so many parts of the promises of God that have their foundation in incredible corporate praise and worship. And that's why here at Hope Center, we place a lot of emphasis on corporate praise and corporate worship. And we would say to to preachers, you may or may not preach, who cares? But we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to praise the Lord. Because there is something that happens when corporately we get praise underway. And so there's an anointing of that. And by the way, the powerful... Blessing of corporate praise will bring favor on a city. People say, "How are we going to change the city by corporate praise?" Because you shift the atmosphere. You take out the the spiritual powers that are trying to dominate, and we start putting in the angels of the Lord we start putting in the purposes of God and we, because why? He's our glory and He's the lifter of our head. And we start to see things that it's impossible to see as we just trudge through life. But when we praise the Lord, he, he sets ambushments against the enemy. When we praise the Lord, He goes before us. When we praise the Lord, we're putting Him first and us last. And we're saying, God, I'm not dependent on what I can do, I'm dependent on what you're going to do. And by the way, Thanksgiving takes place before it happens, not just afterwards. How many have ever sat down for a meal and said grace before the meal? Lord, thank you for this meal. Do you really know what's going to come? Do you really know? It's like some of you know that, that hot spices and things don't really do it for me. They, they, I, I have a reaction in my body and it, it, it's just not good. Um, some of you have been, there's a few that have been in India with me and and, and, and I'd get this reaction, and I'd just say to them, well, if, I, if I do a face plant, I stop breathing. And and, and uh, I had uh, Kirk, Lewis's brother, with me on one of the trips, and it was down in Kerala. And suddenly I said, uh, uh, He says, I went, I'm in trouble, and I'm going, He goes, Oh no, I have to bring the boss back in a body bag. What do I do now? And he remembered I'd said, Hit me on the back hard, and so, boom! <laughs> That's it. We're away again, and uh, so I was was there, and we'd been eating all sort of different food. And suddenly, we sit down for breakfast, and it's cornflakes. And I'm going, "Oh, praise the Lord!" And I had my first bite. It's curry powder and (laughs) cornflakes. I thanked the Lord for it. I had no idea what was coming. There are many times we think, but we trust more than what our brain knows. David gave us an example of trusting God more than what he could do. But his praise gave strength. Could you stand, please? I want to say it again. And I want to release an anointing over every one of us, whereby this year, in a way that we've never done before, we will be able to say, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Let a revelation of that gladness be upon us in a whole new way. Because so easy it is to live our life and we put the Lord in at the convenience of the rest of our life. But David gave us the example where he he put a priority on that and he would call people to it and the nation flourished and the nation blessed. And I believe that when we put a focus on corporate worship and a focus on corporate praise, then there are blessings, not just financial blessings, but relationship blessings. There's healing blessings, there's strength blessings, there's joy blessings, there's peace blessings, there's blessings beyond measure that come when we say, I'm going to let the gladness of saying, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. I, I, I I'd rub a <laughs> and, and I'm not saying this because I want to fill the seats. I'm saying this because your life will be better off. I'm an old man. I can tell you, it's true. I, was, I went to church when I was young, whether, my, whether I wanted to go or not. My mother took me to church, and then I was born. <laughs> and I'm still saying, I'm glad when they say, let's go. To the house of the Lord. I'm still saying. I'm glad. But for that we are sustained by the ongoing ministry of the Holy Spirit.